This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by MedTech Innovation Expo, the UK and Ireland's leading event for medical device manufacturing. Save the date for MedTech Innovation Expo 2024, taking place on the 5th and 6th of June at the NEC in Birmingham. For more information, please visit www.medtechexpo.com. Welcome to the first episode of the Fantech series on the MedTalk podcast, where we discuss the latest news and issues in life sciences. I'm Olivia Freyett, the editor of Medical Plastics News, and I'm joined today by Nicola Thorne from Am Technology Research and Laurie Rowe from Red MedTech, who will discuss the Tanto compliance platform and the behind the scenes on working together to create the technology. So Nicola, could you tell us about the Tanto Plus technology and what it does? Yeah, sure. So Tento Plus is an, an online software, software as a service, and it um, allows medical device developers to simplify the compliance process. So obviously compliance is quite a beast. Um, and so there's lots of parts to it. So I'm not claiming that we solve all of those problems. Um, but specifically, Tento focuses on um, documentation generation. So where you're looking at developing technical documentation for your technical file and design history file, then Tento Plus allows you to uh, make the content that goes inside those documents really and manage those those updates as you're going through the design and development process. Um, so it also does things like well, it does things like design controls, um, but also risk management as well. Um, and testing records. So you have sort of test report generation um, and then anomaly tracking as well. So you can check when things haven't gone quite to plan and then go and retest them and hopefully then they get they get fixed. Yeah. And what features on this are different to other compliance tools in the industry? Yeah, so it's a, that's a good question, really. I think there are lots of compliance tools available. Um, some I think the main difference is the focus of, of when you would use the tool. So there's quite a lot of um, tools that will say manage documents for you. So like EQMS systems, there's tools that will tell you about some changes in regulation. Um, there are tools that let you do big data searches on clinical database, for example. So we're none of those. We're really just focusing on the technical documentation that you that you need to produce as a sort of design um, and engineering team. So it allows you to kind of go in, insert requirements um, in a big long list, um, and then you can cross-reference that to your design output, so things that you've built, um, and then also onwards from that, look at testing, test records, um, and cross-reference those. So you have kind of full traceability at the end um, of that. And one last thing it allows you to do is to kind of output those documents into auditable and, and ready to sort of submit documents. Um, so it's very then, easy if you want to make an update you just make it inside the tool and then you can re- sort of regenerate the document um so it's you know it's not an eqms system in in the sense that some others are but it allows you to actually kind of create the content that goes inside those documents um more easily yeah 
And one thing you were asked by my colleague is how it can keep track of the change in landscape across the world. Has this been put to the test yet? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Obviously, like there are lots of changes <laughs> that go on um, in regulation. I think, you know, there are there are challenges with that. We have seen some of our customers manage to kind of complete their um, MDR and UK CA compliance alongside their FDA compliance at the same time using the tool. I think the good thing about the tool is that it's a little bit agnostic to the diet, to the regulation itself because we're looking at the kind of document content and document generation more against design standards so for example if you're looking at like risk management then our risk control module would be related to the 14971 risk standard which you know isn't directly part of the regulation in that sense but does need completing and those standards don't actually tend to change that often although they they do get updated so it's a kind of Obviously, regulation changes all the time, and it, it's it's something that people are concerned about. But I don't think that our tool necessarily is as susceptible to that because we're looking at the design standards that are fairly fixed, um, and and we've seen our customers use that against different, you know, design requirements from say the FDA and the EU. So it's it's kind of agnostic to that, really. You launched Tente Plus at MedTech Innovation Expo, which is obviously about six seven months ago now. And um, how was the launch for you, and how has it been since then? Yeah, it was really good. It was uh, well, it was a lot of fun. Firstly, um, we had a great drinks reception, which is always good. Um, but no, it was it was good. We had a lot of interest. Um, obviously, we had some of our sort of our key speakers from Valerie, our founder, and also Sue Spence at um, QSERV. So it was really great to get kind of their expertise um, on it. And then we yeah met a lot of people at, at the event. So. Um, yeah, it was it was really promising. I think we got good feedback and we got people to sign up on the day, which is always good. And and since then, we've had a kind of growing user base. So it's just kind of going from strength to strength, really. And I think we're finding out, you know, when we're talking to people more about what it is that they like about the tool, things that they don't. So it kind of feeds into our kind of iterative design process as well, because obviously we're a relatively new tool on the market. So we're trying to get as much feedback and all the positives as well as the negatives <laughs> at the same time not that there are many negatives but there's always some right so yeah i remember you had this um really big operation table thing yeah i, I was yeah. not good at it i think i lasted about 0.3 <laughs> seconds <laughs> yeah the yeah it was like a life-size game of, of operation and we had some we had some um, surgeons come along to the stand and they were like oh I was like, well, do you want to go? And they said, no, 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 because if I get it wrong, then I'll look bad. <laughs> the last thing you want is a surgeon. Um, yeah, not being able to, to do that. So, but yeah, it was good fun. It, it, I think everyone enjoyed it. So, Laurie, what was your role in the project? So, I was invited to evaluate uh, the beta version of the tool as it was being developed and evolved. Obviously, there's, um, it's an iterative process of feedback and development and design and implementation and so um, I was privileged to be asked to be involved in that and got to get an early sneak peek of it as as it was um, evolving as well which was fantastic and then provide that feedback from a not just a regulatory perspective but also as a development engineer you know a target user I guess of you know being in the industry for some time and sort of knowing what I would normally expect to be um, input in and in putting that in the tool and also from a, a user-centric point of view as well, looking at the usability of the tool and providing that feedback. 
would you have liked to have had this tool earlier? In terms of timing, I think it's probably really good time to have this tool available now. Um, I think if it had been earlier, it might not have integrated some of the technologies that have emerged in the sort of recent recent months. So I think, you know, you've caught that wave really well in terms of the timing. And as we're seeing some of the more mature platforms evolving and developing, and they're not without, you know, all, all systems um, are not without their flaws and potential improvement points. So I think it's been really good timing because you're able to build on that and get that feedback and evaluate what's out there. Um, and get the feedback from the users and then integrate that into this. So I think it's, yeah, obviously I would have loved all of this about 20 years ago because it would have made my life a lot simpler. You know, any engineer, I think, um, or or designer sort of working on medical devices, um, we're not usually natural fans of um, excessive amounts of documentation. So anything that makes that process easier and makes that compliance easier so that you're not doing all of the work in a in a silo um you know things have changed now but typically um in years gone by the development and the design studio and the engineering and then the regulatory department will work in silo and on their own and it's nice to see a tool that brings those topics together in a more integrated way um so that's yeah it's been it's really been really good to be involved in, in yeah, and I think that. I, yeah maybe just to add to that if you don't mind that like think it's a good point that we're in the sides at all we're using some you know everyone would have heard of like generative AI and chat GTP so we have a sort of similar thing that allows you to actually accelerate like the generation of the doc of the I wouldn't say the whole document but some of the content and that's particularly useful I think for people starting out so it's you know we're not saying that this the AI that we have inside is as good as a, you know, as Laurie's many years expertise, and you would still need that alongside the tool to check what you're doing. Um, but it's to say, okay, well, what's the starting point here? You know, if this is my device description, what are the types of things that I need to be thinking about? And it just prompts you to then think about, okay, well, it's not maybe just the software design, it's also, you know, the labeling or the documentation design, or maybe there's some mechanical things to think about. So it just kind of prompts people in the right direction and 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 helps them on that journey earlier. So I think that's definitely, um, yeah, something, as you were saying, or with the timing that it's, you know, we're able to include these types of technologies now, which is great. So, yeah, I mean, being able to just give, give those companies that foothold and that foundation, mm-hmm. because it's, it's challenging enough trying to develop an innovation and coming up with engineering solutions and designing features and functionality and that's you know that's is a demanding type of job and then to add extra layers of um, complexity or bureaucracy and things on top of that I think having this kind of tool allows them to have a foothold they're not starting with a blank sheet of paper and the fact that it's got that that generative element to it is really really useful as it acts as a prompt and it can kind of it gives you almost like a, a basis for, for throwing ideas around as well. Mm-hmm. And so it almost in itself like helps you collaborate more, I think, as a team as well when you're building this document because it, it is a team sport, um, but you need something to discuss in the first place, don't you? So having having a tool that can log that content is really valuable. This podcast is brought to you by Medical Plastics News, the leading voice in polymer innovation for the medical sector. To read more and to subscribe, visit medicalplasticsnews.com. 
how how was it for the both of you working together? Was there like a specific goal that um or a plan that you had? Like, did it all run smoothly for you? Yeah, sure. I can go first, I guess. <laughs> no, it was it was excellent. I mean, obviously, Lauren's got a huge amount of of experience um, in the industry, so that was really valuable, you know, for us um, working together. And I think the kind of I'd say sort of unique, but in a good way, unique experience of like being a design engineer, uh, having done that part of it, and then moving on to kind of more like regulatory side and compliance side, and also understanding that part of it. And often I find that it's I mean, Laurie will agree with me or disagree here, but it's often like a translation exercise as well. So there's the kind of design developer speak that that happens when you're designing and making a new product. And then there's, okay, well, what does that mean for the compliance side? And having someone who sort of straddles both of those things is hugely useful for when we're designing, you know, designing the tool. Um, And also having an idea of, you know, what tools are out there, what tools she's seen before, what tools we've worked with before and making it so that it's not a, repetition of that but there are some good elements to those tools and some things that you know are already done or that we don't need to worry about so I think that was that was hugely beneficial for us um developing the tool yeah yeah I found the whole process really smooth and straightforward and it was nice a typical engineer you know you give me a new tool or you know it's like giving a child a new toy you can sort of just get out of the box and have a look at it and interact with that and see what it does and see what it's capable of and um and being able to provide that feedback is very much like the similar process to developing a medical device in that you've got some targets you've got some objectives that you want to attain you've got some features and characteristics and um, specifications to evaluate and then you've got that iterative feedback loop of this is what i love about it have you considered this that, and the other and that's where the consulting almost element came back full circle then to give that feedback and to give that um almost usability style evaluation of you know, from looking through my lens is this is what I found really good about the tool and how it could help people and and Nick was completely right yeah having been an instructor for a while and seeing the evolving scene of different tools and software platforms um yeah I've kissed a few frogs let's say um <laughs> you know not so they're uh, they're not all, all built equal and so and being able to leverage those learning points as well that have been gained over time and integrate that it means that you're likely to get a better product right first time so yeah it was a really good uh yeah i was really really pleased to be involved as women in the industry do you feel there is enough technological innovation for helping women out there it's a big question <laughs> It's a massive question. That's a loaded, that's a loaded question, isn't it? That is a load, truly loaded question. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, as I don't think you can ever have enough medical devices, and any medical device that addresses any unmet clinical need or underserved clinical needs is a good thing, regardless of the demographic or gender or whatever. That is, you know, the type of patient that device is oriented at. So I think that. The longer we have people that have conditions that need supporting and helping and alleviating, then that's a good thing, be they femtech orientated or otherwise. So yeah, there's always room for more tech, I suppose, is my key take home from that <laughs> from that statement. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think it's you know always is. I mean, we design medical devices ourselves for some customers, and obviously we work on the compliance side as well. So it's you know the more 
the more positive impacts that technology can have, the better, um, whoever that might be. So I think one of the things that has been nice to see in the industry is that there is a rise in like femtech focused um, innovation hubs and accelerators. I know that there's quite a sort of a few growing areas of that. And I think it's also nice to see that there are women um, leading those those startups and those tech hubs, because I think sometimes it's the, and this is true for any device, you know, any product that you make, if you know the problem well, then, you know, you're likely to end up with a better solution to that problem and a better product. And so I think that's quite key for me is to see that those problems actually being tackled by people that know about them and know about them well. And obviously inherently, if you're thinking about, you know, women's health, then women tend to know how that how that experience is for them so therefore the tech solutions are better so i I think it's definitely a positive um direction that's been happening maybe over the last five years you know there's lots more sort of apps available for women's health lots more tech coming out spoken to quite a few people who are who are in that kind of accelerator space as well so there's definitely more investment in it which is kind of key as well so i think it's all going in the right direction um it's probably a bit above my station to say whether it's enough or not but um, but it's definitely uh, definitely increasing so yeah and the fact that there has been sort of such an increase in it means that intrinsically there has been um clinical issues that needed addressing you know mm-hmm. it's that that's and that's a really really positive thing in that these various topics you know that they're not taboo and that they're getting the airtime that they deserve and the solutions there and the tech you know, technological solutions to kind of help these um, women are getting involved and put out there, which I think is fantastic. I think it's also good, as as you said about the female leader element as well. I think that sets a really good um, influence for the next generation of engineers coming into here, and not just engineers, but also investors as well, and seeing that shine of spotlight on um, the people involved in that, I think, is a really good thing as well. Okay, well, thank you both Nicola and Laurie for um, joining the MedTech podcast today and being part of the first episode of the FanTech series. Well, thank you very much for having us. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.